I think we're ready. I think we're set. Put your little lady in a red Corvette. Fly her around in Corvette town. There's a stingray and a doobie and a dizzily down. But when the Ford gang comes, you better run for your life. You better hide all your daughters and your son and your wife. Because the Ford gang will cut you up and put you away. And they'll put you in jail for a year and a day. Well, it ain't Chevy Alice that one day said... Give me a Ford with a two-ton bed. She did as much, and as such, went to war with what she had and not what she butch. Well, here comes Rick Dodge to save everybody. He's really not great. He's a real fuddy-duddy. He does everyone's taxes and has no fun ever, and he likes the movie called X vs. Sever. <laughs> Well, it's Maurice Lecar and his friend, a star. That's right, it's Brad Pitt in a Chevy Carrit. Oh, God, let's start. <laughs> Didn't we start? Was that a start? It's as good as anything, Matt. I don't know. We usually put out top quality singy songs. Oh, yeah. All right, I guess we're rolling. And so you stop talking? Wait, that I you're making moves like you're going to just hit uh, delete on this side. No, I was just adjusting the volume. Well, look, everybody. What you've done is you've gone and listened to Pistol Shrimps Radio. My name is Mark McConville. My name is that as well. No, it's not, Matt. <laughs> you outed me by name, like Valerie Plame. What happened to her? What's her story? Yellow cake uranium. The Bush administration outed her. Can you do it in the melody of We Didn't Start the Fire? <laughs> <laughs> Yellow cake, Francis Drake, Valerie Plame, George Bush Sr. and George Bush the June. <laughs> hanging out on Christmas with Benny in June. I'm not even singing the melody. No, and you're not even telling the story. I guess We Didn't Start the Fire doesn't tell a story. No. It's just a list of shit. Do you think, why doesn't he do a redo of that? He, like, it's been just as long now. He probably did the first one and was like, never again. I think he did the first one and went, goldmine, brilliant. Also, do you remember that song, Into the Night by Benny Mardonis, about, like, basically, like, leave me alone, society. I can love a 16-year-old girl and it's just fine. Whoa. You don't remember this? No. If I could fly, I'll pick you up and take you. But the song starts, she's just 16 years old. Leave her alone, they said. Anyway. But he didn't listen. No, because in 2000, he did Into the Night 2000. Uh-huh. And this is a guy who looks like the guy in Uncut Gems, who's the real guy in the casino with the tan and the hair. Oh. It's like a like a Robert Evans yeah, and then doppelganger some. kind of guy. And uh, suffice it to say, I had an old little trio band, and we played at a small party. And for some reason, he was a family friend, and he was there, and he talked our ears off, like basically under the guise of "Hey, nice songs," but he didn't give a shit about our songs. He wanted to talk about his songs. Yeah. More importantly, his song "Into so the Night." Did "Into the Night" two thousand then say she's only forty eight? No, it still said she's just 16 years oh, old. Oh, no. <laughs> He's got winger beat by a year because his creepy yeah. song is 17. 
Well, isn't there she's 15, she's 16, she's beautiful, and she's mine. That's a uh, I wonder if theirs or cr- Benny Mardonis's was born first. But what if you wrote that song and you were nine? <laughs> <laughs> she just 16 years old. She told for you. I can't imagine a nine-year-old writing a song about seducing a sixteen-year-old girl or boy. Either way, I can't imagine. A, uh, I, will, a, I bet it's I, it has to exist. Because you had a, you probably had a crush on a little older lady. Oh sure, all my sister's softball team, and then there was this older softball. All team. of them, pretty much. Okay, I was Bat Boy. And then there was this, like, I must have been in elementary school, but there was, like, a high school team that was kind of mentor to my sister's team, and she was older. Okay. And there was one girl that looked like Joan Jett, and one girl who would do a Yoda impression that she'd just go, I like stew! Was Yoda just in here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you've never listened to Pistol Strips Radio before, (laughs) this isn't really it. But we, it is. We started doing a podcast in 2015 because Matt's now wife, then girlfriend, I believe, right? You weren't married yet. She's still my girlfriend. You're not in the Scott Ackerman camp that you have to break up to get married? Oh. She's kind of your ex-girlfriend because now she's your wife. Right. Anyway, she has a basketball team called the Pistol Shrimps, and we started calling their games. And we did that for four years or so. And then we stopped doing it which we went over on the last podcast, but we do love the people that listen and write and have fond memories of the show. We are planning on doing more stuff. So we put out the call the end of 2019 for some emails to answer. And we got so many, we couldn't get to them all. So now it's 2020. It's a year later. We're going to answer these other emails. Yeah. And you saying that we like our listeners. I've been thinking about this since our last podcast. When I mentioned that, these listeners are the listeners to grow old with. I right. Th- I think that's true. Now, I kind of lump Super Ego and Pistol Shrimps listeners. I bet you there's quite a Venn diagram overlap there. You think it's just a circle? I th- Well, I think there's... L- I think you take the Super Ego listeners and you put them through our s- just stupid batshit sieve. And yeah. what you get, what filters through are the Pistol Shrimps people. They're, if they're still here, that's saying something. Yeah. And that those are the people that, as a podcaster, I want to grow old with, listener-wise. Does that make sense? I think it does. And I think we can all do it, because we'll all age together. Our senses of humor will get duller together. Mine's already pretty dull. I haven't told a joke in 18 years. No, but you keep telling an H <laughs> joke about numbers. Have I? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Well, first of all... We ended the last episode with Jenny Nelson's call out to Kyle Skarich. <gasps> they- I have not heard from Kyle. I have not heard from Jenny. There has not. I do not see an email from either of them. How about Nenny Jelson or Skyle Skarich? I haven't heard from them either. So how about Tom Skarich? Wouldn't you love to get an email from Tom Skarich? Big that- fan of the show and mustache grooming tips. Tumen grips. Anyway, Jenny Nelson, Kyle Skarich, Boogies, if you know these people, let's get them together. Yeah, absolutely. This is mission number one. Yeah. Any other business from last time that we got to... How was your new year, Matt? Did you go out on the town and drink till blackout and wake up in an El Paso jail? (laughs) No. 
about every other year, man and I stay in. And I fell asleep. We both did. And then the, watching... other, the other years you don't go out. <laughs> we fell asleep watching Marriage Story and woke up just in time for the big fight scene to ring in the new year. Oh, oh boy. So I don't, I don't know about that. But then we went to Idlewild and I had such a nice time getting out of town. I read most of a book. That sounds like a castle. What is Idlewild? It's a town. It's a little mountain village, but not by Arrowhead or Big Bear. It's more out in the desert by Palm Springs. Got it. But it's a, it's a little easier to get to, I think. And they, their mayor is a dog. Well, you got to go now. Max the dog. Well, Max, I think, is dead. His nephew is now the mayor. And we got Nepotism. pictures with him. Nepotism. He's the mayor in perpetuity. It's oh. like the Chicago dailies. Like they don't want... The town doesn't want a mayor? If you'd see some of the locals, you'd understand why. Who's opening the mail? I think Pete, the steampunk shop owner. Oh, yeah? We met him. His his shop sells steampunk things? It has a steampunk or? section. It has an art section. It has a video cassette section. What are you buying when you're the, in there? The video cassette phenomenon with Mike John Travolta was on sale there for $6 used. That's too much money. <laughs> This place was amazing. Did you pay cash or card? <laughs> I paid in kind. <laughs> and it had some Burt Camford albums. Oh, now you're talking. And then, oh, he had an amazing collection of sci-fi paperback, pulp paperback, which oh. I've been really into buying 70s espionage pulp paperbacks. Right. Like anything that's article, adjective, noun, like the Procaine Chronicle, mm-hmm. which is a whole other story. My online friend Glanz knows what I'm talking about. His words, his name. Um, do you want to hear this story real quick? Yeah. Okay. Get a load of this. I've been lusting after this poster of a Charles Bronson 70s movie called St. Ives. It just has this amazing illustration. And then I was looking for a book to read while I was away. And I thought, oh, no, no. I was reading a review of this upcoming show called Briar Patch or like, or like, shows we're excited about it's a usa show yeah it's with rosario dawson yes um and they said this is the only other thing to be made from the from the novels of ross thomas other than the movie saint ives but they're saying he's a brilliant author he wrote saint ives under the pen name oliver bleak but never mind that Mm mm-hmm so then I thought, I'm going to read St. Ives. If he's such a great author, right. I, I'm sure the movie's not good. So then I look it up, and he's got all these books, and it, it was very clear that the one I should read was, this is a great title too, The Fools in Town Are On Our Side. Yeah. And I started reading. It's such a good book. So this is your 2020 reading recommendation. Yeah, and I'm thighs deep in this thing. Yeah? yeah, you do a little reading every night before bed. Would you do it read it right when you wake up? Uh, but I read before I went to bed and in the middle of the night last night. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, I don't. Know. I think that went on too long. <laughs> you want to get into some emails? Yeah. We only have seventy. <clears throat> we might have to do a three parter. Yeah, we might have to do a peace roader. You Let's can laugh out loud. I now, should, you should know that Mark laughed quietly. There. Yeah, I I try to stifle him for no good reason. Uh, I don't think I said this last time, but I have not screened these. I've not really, I've sort of perused them. But wait, what about your new year? Oh, my new year? We drank. I drank some wine with dinner and then we had some more wine and then maybe like 1120, 1130. That might be too late. 
I just had one of those moments where I went, I need to be laying down in a bed right now. Wow. I wasn't wine drunk. I wasn't, I, you know, I was drunk, but not, I didn't get sick. Yeah. But we, yeah, we. Were you so drunk that and didn't get sick that it would have been better to have gotten sick? No, because the next night where I live in Los Angeles, uh, the. The B two bomber, the stealth bomber, oh. flies right over our house yeah. to open up the Rose Bowl parade. Same here. So we were up at eight or like seven forty five the next morning to see it, or because you heard to it? see it because it flies right over. I always miss it. Yeah. So we we did. We were both up. My wife and I were both awake. I don't remember what we were watching. I feel like we were watching some kind of movie that night. That night, yeah. And then we were kind of was it Saint Ives with Charles Bronson? I think it was. And Jacqueline Bissett. What does Charles Bronson look like? For reals? Yeah. Oh, is he blonde guy? No. Okay, then. No, he's like brunette with gray. With he often has like a uh, like kind of thin mustache. Oh, he's the guy. Death Wish. It looks like somebody squished his head a little bit. Uh, you could. I know what Charles Bronson looks like, Matt. Oh, okay. I mean, he's got a great head of hair. Yeah, he's one of those leading men that maybe today wouldn't be a leading man. I don't know how he did it, but I don't doubt it for a second. Yeah. I'm all in. I don't even know if he's a great actor. He's not a great actor, is he? He really isn't. (laughs) You just reminded me that I have like a weird Charles Bronson story that I'm trying to remember the details of. Is it the painting down in Mexico? Oh, there's that story too. Yeah. But I had a night where I was out at a karaoke bar. I was in an improv show, and we all went out to do karaoke afterwards. Do I know this? And Charles Bronson had just passed away, oh. and his daughter was out singing karaoke. <laughs> in celebration? I guess maybe to like live it up and forget for a while or something. I don't know. It was just very odd, but she was very quick to mention who she was and what had just <gasps> happened. And she just... To just about anybody who would listen, and I think we all thought that was very strange. She just sang the instrumentals to Great Escape and Magnificent Seven. Look... Grief hits you in a, a bunch of different ways, and if so, if you got to go out to a karaoke bar and just tell people what's going on with you, then I don't God, know. If, God help you. If you're Charles Bronson's daughter, you can do just about anything, and I'm fine with it. All right. So last time we got a bunch of emails. I didn't really read them ahead of time, and then I just read them now, and then we answer these questions, comments, and what have you. Yeah. You ready to go? We've not read these, so they could be traps. They could be horrible moral dilemmas or yeah. something there could be yeah this or they'll could like be, get us to admit something because we haven't pre-read it yeah that's why these shows do we're we live on the edge mm-hmm. this is from seth hello my boogies before i ask my question i was wondering if you two are still considering doing color commentary for that crossword tournament you were discussing i'm i'm sure i'm not the only huge fan of both pistol shrimps radio and crosswords Though, given how much your how much fun your spelling bee coverage was, any Matt and Mark field piece would be amazing. Uh, one of my New Year's resolutions is to do the New York Times crossword puzzle every day. One of my New Year's resolutions is to author a crossword. So we love a crossword. That was early on in our friendship. I think there was some real cross- at Disney. Yeah, at yeah. Disney. We were yeah. in the break room doing these shows. We've talked about doing a crossword podcast. Yeah. We still don't know quite what that would be. I would call. I mean, I don't know how much of the action you could call, and I think they would have to invite us. I don't think we could just show yeah. up. But yeah, we'll, we would do it. Yeah. Here's the question. It's the end of the decade. I'm wondering if you two have, how you how you two feel about nostalgia. I just got out of an opening night showing of The Rise of Skywalker, knowing that Star Wars is a frequent topic on Pistol Shrimps Radio. I was wondering how you felt about the message of the movie. As has been discussed at length, the last two Star Wars have directly opposing themes 
Nostalgia is a shackle that can hold us back, aka let the past die, versus placing the past on a pedestal gives us our sense of self. I've been thinking a lot about nostalgia as the decade closes. How do you feel about it? Dire Straits, Seth in Portland. <laughs> well, first of all, Seth, in Portland, we will be in Portland doing Super Ego at the Alberta Rose <sighs> right. Theater, January 21st. And Tickets are available. Go to the internet. And three days before that, we'll be at Sketchfest. On the 18th. As will James Bonding on the 19th. That's right. We got some live appearances coming up here in January. Uh, I will let a wiser man answer this for me, which is John Hodgman talks a ton about nostalgia. And he, I believe he calls it poisonous. There's a toxicity to nostalgia. Because you look back and think about how great it was, but you can't prove that it really actually was great. It just sort of seems great in hindsight. But what's wrong the good old days well i think there's a like if you're trump's kind of nostalgia that's wrong but i see nothing wrong with personally however you would like to indulge in your own nostalgia that's not hurting anybody i don't think it's hurting you unless it's like really like stunting yeah if you're you're stuck in it if you are stuck in nostalgia i think that I, i try to be a forward moving entity in this universe i try to look forward and go towards the things that are coming. Now, that's a mixed metaphor, I guess. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a, I also don't have a great memory for stuff. If you remind me a lot of times, I can remember, but I don't, I don't have anything to mark the passage of time necessarily. I like nostalgia. I, I have to admit I do. I think sometimes when it becomes a cultural monolith, like Star Wars or Space Jam or the Goonies or something, that I feel like nostalgia is just inherently personal and maybe generational to a certain extent. Sure. So let everybody have their nostalgia, but also never hurt anybody because of your damn nostalgia. Yeah. Again, Hodgman has said, like what you like, let people like what they like. Yeah. I just, there's a video out of him speaking at an event and I just thought he's, he's a very wise person. Certainly. And that, that resonates too. I just think there is something to the notion of don't get bogged down in nostalgia. Yeah. Like I, I am a fan of this weird fringe singer, Wesley Willis, who, you know, Matt, and if you don't know Wesley Willis, you can look him up or you don't have to, I would never try to turn anybody on to Wesley Willis. It is such a place in time or time and place thing for me. (laughs) I don't think his music is fantastic, but it just hit me at the right time. And every time it comes on, I just, I know exactly where I was. I met him once. I just have these fond memories of that. That's all this podcast is. But I would never put it on someone. I would never go like, we're going to sit in my car and we're going to listen to Wesley Willis' greatest hits. Which is what he did to me right before this podcast. Because I like to torture my friends. That's all this podcast is. We, We sing old songs because they were important to us and they were detrimental to society. <laughs> All right. I hope that answers your question, Seth, and I hope you'll come see us at the Alberta Rose Theater on January 21st. Do you think Alberta will be there? Uh, if she rose from the dead, yeah. Now we're talking. Scott Wood. If you pay him enough. My bugs, before I cop a squat on this here mail order <laughs> anvil to enjoy a few barley pops during the season of chilly no light. I just wanted to say thanks for the ha-has and hee-hees, and also for the llamas living in teepees. <laughs> Happy holidays and go screw. See, that's just a straight-up 
Thanks for doing what you do. Oh, nice. I just love our people. Scott, you're a good one. This is from, this is a great name. I'm going to say your full name. Kristen Householder. Wow. That's a nice name. I like that. Hey, guys. She must have huge hands. I'm Kristen Householder from Fort Wayne, Indiana. The only place she could hold her house is within a fort. (laughs) I'm a big fan by proximity. Meaning my boyfriend has injected all of your jokes, songs, and slang into oh, our everyday I life. Feel bad for these people. Leaving me slightly annoyed and highly amused. I am, however, a big fan of your musical stylings. Have you guys ever considered putting together a Pistol Shrimp Radio greatest hit album on iTunes? Like a like a Spotify playlist? Maybe. Or or does she mean like the little songs, songs are we are she's talking about Cloris Leachman? I guess there'd be that. Any anytime we sing on Pistol Shrimps Radio, boy, that'd be a project to go back and listen to. Yeah, all that's that. up to someone else. Yeah, but I guess you could take those little snippets out. Householder. Yeah, put your house down and get on it. <laughs> Thanks for writing into the show. Oh, my boyfriend is David Spalding. Spalding, he has sent you a few fan mail packages in the past, and well, created thanks, the basketball, which we really thank you for. Yeah. John Michael Perkins, this is his decade question. When you and Matt first met, how did you know right away that you were comedy soulmates? Also, how did you meet John Michael? I don't think we did know right away. No. Because you know what? One of the first memories I have of you is actually, I think you were disdaining something I was doing. (laughs) I had organized that game of gotcha that like, Oh, yeah. Assassination game, but it was between a large group of people. 30? At least. Many were Disney employees in Anaheim. Many were improvers, improvisers up in LA, and a lot of them didn't know each other. And I remember at a comedy sports party Could or mixer, be. you were kind of befuddled by this and had had a sort of like put, putting your glasses up on your nose yeah. sort of. If memory serves, though, I think it was more like... It's all any of that friend group would talk about. It was a big deal. And I yeah. was just like, can we talk about anything else? Uh, for now that five I don't blame you minutes? for a second. Yeah. Yeah. No, you did this crazy sort of, what would you even call it? Like an we assassination. It, what did we call it? I feel Commando? Like you called it assassin. Maybe assassin. But you had a card. Everybody had a, a picture and a card. This is everybody sort got of a laminated card card you no, know, because the website was on the internet and you could check i would update as soon as i heard right but i'm talking like if if you want to and people are dumb enough to have their location <laughs> public on the internet it would be very easy to go down to a place that someone is now now yeah then there wasn't like location sharing was not a thing this was 2002 maybe yeah that would have been right when i moved here yeah and it was it took a month or two for it to complete. I forget. It took a long time. I do remember that. Yeah. I do remember a, a friend. I think it was Kurt and I, Kurt Scholler and I were volunteering to be the accelerators. That's right. Like you can't, because there was us. a lull period. You cannot kill us, but we are coming to your house to get you. And yeah. we're going to hand your card to somebody else. Like the easy targets got plucked off pretty quickly. And then there was like a real lull where nobody was dying and nobody was out in public. Cause people were staying in. It was avoid, crazy. Yeah. Some of the people. One guy drove to Vegas. Oh. Doina's husband. Yeah, we we know a person named Doina. That's <laughs> true. David Spaulding is writing in, and this is the boyfriend of Kristen Householder. 
Sirs, ever since last year's White Elephant episode, Driving Home for Christmas has become one of my favorite I heard that tunes. this year. Where I'm was a, I? I'm a bit concerned about the singer, though, because shortly after that, he released the album The Road to Hell. Are you serious? Guess he didn't have a good time <laughs> driving home for Christmas. Driving home for Christmas. Oh, man, that song is... A- I need Matt's expertise, Matt's Clapton expertise to answer a question. Yeah. Is Forever Man as good as in the? it's in the way that you use it? When I was younger, I thought he was saying, I'll try to be your poor little man. <laughs> I personally say no not even close but here we go with nostalgia yeah i don't have a nostalgia for forever man i have a huge nostalgia nostalgia for uh (laughs) it's in the way that you use it how can you not i don't know i love it so it's in the way that you use it that's featured in a film correct color of money color of money a film that i did not see until i was an adult i've never seen it and i just i remember going like this must be a cool movie because this song's in it and it is i'm certain i don't remember if it's It's a sequel to the hustler yes it is which i did watch only recently because piper laurie was on i was there too oh but she had no business being on that podcast because it was all about small parts and she's the female lead but i i think her publicist just reached out and when she came she had no idea what was happening. I don't mean like she she had all her wits about it. She was yeah. wonderful. But I think she thought she was on a radio, oh, like yeah. live radio broadcast. Yeah. Do you think within our lifetime that will stop and people will know? Not if like Generation Z brings back radio. Get on it. You're listening to Generation Z. This is from Grandpa Choco. Are you serious? Yeah. Wait. It Grandpa Choco? The email address, I don't want to give out the address, but the name that is here is Grandpa Choco. Oh, no, that's not him. Are you sure? It might be him. It's not him, because that's well, only what everybody thought his name was. I'm gonna ask, I'll ask the question. I'm glad you're back, because I've had a dying question for one Matt Gorley. Would you be, could you be squeaky clean? Smashing it over, democracy's a headline, says you're free to choose. There's egg on your face and mud on your shoes. One of these days you're gonna call it the blues, yeah. Sowing the seeds of love. Is this there gonna you be go, the thing that'll tell you? What's that? There you go, householder. Put your, put your house down. Do you still have the Keith Herring Stormtrooper? What? I don't know. Did that show? Oh, that's a thing that got... I do have it. It's in a tub at my house. The bathtub? No, like at storage tub. What stormtrooper? There's like a little. If this is what I think it is, it's a little action figure. It's like a little stormtrooper. Why is he named Keith? Keith Herring? Do you is not the know the name of the stormtrooper? There's TK four two one and Keith. No, I don't know what Keith Herring is. You don't. Keith Herring is an artist from New York. Oh right. Oh yeah yeah. And oh, you have that. I do have that. Uh. I have a whole bucket full of stuff people have sent. Just so you know, most of this stuff never makes its way to me. I had, it does too. You can I take as a, much or as little of it as you I want. I had to pull hairs just to get my British Bulldog, Spectre Bulldog. Which is right over here in your office. Well, I had two. Oh, you, you needed the second one. Aaron Aitchison, mm-hmm. and that's Aitchison. Now we're talking. I'm a big fan. Been listening from the beginning. It's a wonder. It's been wonderful the whole way, and helped me through tough times and all that. Anyway, do you prefer a natural finish, clear coat, 
clear coat or oil on a colorful wood with varied grain like a claro walnut, or do you prefer more uniform grain with some stain for color consistency? Bonus, when I was a finisher at my last job, we'd add a just a tiny pinch of yellow dye to our clear coat for Claro Walnut. It really makes the colors pop. Thanks, Aaron I, in Portland. I've heard of putting a little dye in a clear coat like yeah. that. I'm usually, I, I, I like to start with a good even grain on the wood and then I stain. Yeah. But that's only, I don't have a ton of experience with that. But do you like that. a uniform grain or a natural finish on a colorful wood? Well, those aren't. Two exclusive They're not mutually things. exclusive. I, th- I don't think. Anyway, Aaron Aitchison, you're in Portland, and we hope to see you on January 21st. And and roll old Alberta's bones on over with you. I don't really know. I don't have a preference with. I like wood. I don't know enough about it. Mahogany is my yeah. wood soulmate. Yeah, that's a good one. That's all mahogany in here. We got those walnut beams in our house. I like those walnut. are nice. Yeah, yeah. But that's like a rough walnut. Yeah, it's rough sawn. Is that a thing that it can sure. be? Yeah. This person says his name is Benjamin. He says his name is Benjamin. Just wanted to write in, say thank you for the countless hours of enjoyment. I listen to Pistol Shrimps Radio frequently while writing my master's thesis, what? a novel, and rest Wait, assured. you can't listen to us while writing? Yeah, it seems like a bad idea. Well, let's continue on with the email. And rest assured, or perhaps mortified, that some of your unique language and syntax wormed its way into my work. (gasps) What? Matt, in one episode, you likened a referee's shoes to that of a baleen whale's mouth. That's true. For some reason, this struck something in me, and I wrote a poem about a baleen whale's mouth in reaction to it. It got published and remains one of the favorite things I've ever written. Wait, Keep where did it get wonderful published? Stuff to both of you. Send us a copy of that I poem. I have a link right here. I'm good. You want me to read it? Yeah. Let's find out how long this poem... Before we... Is this like a Gilgamesh no, epic poem? No, this is a poem? real quick poem by Ben Kessler. In the baleen. The gastropods find ways to amuse themselves. They gather around the table and take turns engaging in a little mumble tea peg. Mumble tea peg? Mumble tea peg. Not mumbly peg. Yeah, mumble tea peg. That's not the game with the knife? This is, uh, there's a knife, but you also have a teacup. (laughs) Converse on how they have only now acquired a taste for orange juice with pulp. The littlest (laughs) ones play cops and robbers. All of this is possible until the great beast sucks them in. Look, Ben is also from Portland, Oregon. I love Ben. Ben, you better come to the show. Um... Bring a copy of this poem. Bring a copy of this poem. All three of you bring a bone from Alberta Rose's body. Yeah. I have so many things. This is from Austin Rogers. I have so many things to say to you, but I'll try to keep this brief. The podcast has been so special to a lot of people, including myself. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to communicate with your fans and especially for giving such great advice for that my gal in Bible study. <gasps> well, for that gal in my Bible study. I remember that. Are yeah. they still together? You guys have truly been a blessing and made my life brighter. Sorry for gushing. Just miss you guys. Wish you a Merry Christmas. Austin from Missoula. Well, it doesn't say whether or not they're together. Well, you know where it does say that? Where? In Colomines 50H. Bilbo from another story came down from the mountain and said, How did I get here? I must be a time bandit. And Deborah, the market woman, had discount tomatoes for every kid. She put them on sticks and called them lollipops. <laughs> and then a chimp, then an inside-out chimpanzee went through a fly door from Teleport, Delaware. 
Anyway, that's a scripture in the Bible. Corey Booth wants to know, it's been a rough year in Minnesota. Only one episode of Shrimps Radio and the last Boston market in the state closed. (gasps) Corey. Oh, buddy. We've got a few left here. I've seen like two or three. But they're not. They're going away. Are they? Well, you know what? I'm going to... A doctor's appointment in two days that's across the street in from Toluca that Burbank corner of Toluca Lake, yeah. Yeah. I'll okay. I'll do some recon. I got a, I probably got a gift card in that envelope for you. No, because I, I'm not well, you're I'm eating healthy little New Year's resolution for a while. trying to get a little health going. But that's that's where they have that soda machine of dreams. You know? Like it's not just it's just one spout with a every soda you can imagine. Yeah. How do they do that? It's Science. not even sodas, some of them. They do it with science. I don't know how they do it. Well, it's witchcraft. It's Frank science. Herbert's soda machine. Well, they still have Menards <laughs> in Minnesota. When, anyway, thanks. I love you guys more back? than I can. What? When are you going to get them back? <laughs> she must have huge hands. They're on layaway. Uh, anywho, love you guys more than I can explain in words. Thanks for the memories. And coming back to close out the decade, Corey from Minneapolis. Corey, no problem. Okay, this is a big one. This is from Will Short. What? Not Will Shorts, just Will Short. But if we multiply them. Yeah. Boogie Will here writing from Dallas. First and foremost, thanks for the countless hours of joy. I love all the classics. Look forward to free throw scriptures every episode. But a personal favorite was Matt doing an impression of his grandma trying to comprehend Star Wars character names. Mm. Also the vicar of sex flats. <laughs> What's that? It's from a Pistol Strips episode. <laughs> We well, got some true. new. Uh, we got some new super ego coming with your grandma on there. That's right. This will be. When will this come out? It'll come out today, the sixth. But by the time it gets put on the main it'll feed, probably, it'll probably be on the seventh. seventh. But new super egos out on the eighth on Stitcher Premium, and both grandmas Queen Bee and Jonesy are on there. Now this was a true story. I talked to my grandma on the phone when I was a young boy, and Star Wars had just come out, and I wanted some Star Wars action figures, and I said I want. Darth Vader, and she goes, Dark which? Darth the what? Darth the who now? And then I said, Death Star Droid. And Death Start what? Matthew, what? You know what I got? The Death Star. Oh. She bought me that big, big playset. Play oh, boy. I, I, I came from the most middle class family in the world. That was off the table. Yeah. That was a big deal. And my grandma just got me the Death Star. I didn't even know how lucky I was. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. That's a big toy. I still have the elevator. I used it as a bazooka for years, like to play <laughs> play war. First well, thing to go on that thing are those cardboard walls, man, and the sponge trash. This guy, Will, has a game that he plays in the car, and I'm curious what you think of it, Matt. I like it. Uh, I submit it to you now and fellow listeners in hopes of giving back. This is Will's gift to everyone. Whenever you see a license plate in a car, treat the letters on the plate like an acronym and assign words to the letters. For instance, TRM3607 becomes talking really mean 3607. I think it's the real mister. Yeah. Or JCD becomes JCD JDC8870 becomes Jesus Douglas Christ. <laughs> the fun is doing it as fast as possible. My personal rule is that if I think about the words a second time trying to make them funnier before speaking i don't get to say them at all x's and z's can gum up the fun so there's no shame in sticking to a a stable of go-to's with those zebra zoology xylophone 
If you guys are inclined, I invite you to name the game. I love this. It's Just called the name game. License oh, plate. Oh, that already exists. Um, I love this game. How about um, Plate Fate? Plate Fate. Remember, did you, uh, did you ever watch Bumper Stumpers on the USA Network? Sure I did. Where you had to figure out what the license plates yeah. said? What a limiting <laughs> concept for a game. Anyway, this is a great game. I Matt and I did some improv with comedy sports, and the, they always would shorten that to CSZ. So the game that I will play with a license plate is if it's JCD, I would call that Jomedy Dork. Uh, I would call it John Claude Dam. Will also hosts a a podcast called Days Past Tooncast. We have adult conversations about yesterday's animations, old cartoons, including Mask. My podcast partner and I have a theory that Matt Tracker is not the hero he presents himself as, but actually a vengeance-driven monster using his wealth and resources to blackmail people into serving his own private militia and hoarding his advanced technology to carry out a war on Venom as revenge for Miles Mayhem killing Tracker's brother and stealing the mask technology. That's right, he did kill his brother. Dark view, I know, but this was our reading. Any thoughts or feelings on this as mask fans? I think that's tasty. Yeah, he did kill his brother. That's... In the comic, I think? I believe so. Now, what happened to his wife? He never had one. No way. There's no such thing as an 80s single parent that wasn't widowed. What, are, are you saying that because of Scott Tracker? Yeah. Well, wh- who do you think T-Bob is? His mom? Yeah. Holy shit. Matthew Koch. Not making it up. Hi. Could I... Could I speak to you for a Oh, yeah. Did you have something to say? Could I just borrow your name for like 10 decades? You got it. Thanks. Greetings from Singapore. (gasps) By my last count, sorry, by my count, the latest Star Wars film had two good to see you moments. Thought of you guys every time. Huh. Let me. uh, The subject of this is Tasu Leech. Good to see you. Uh, well, one of them's probably like a Babu Frick moment. <laughs> oh, Babu Frick. But maybe not. Uh, one of my, uh, well, go ahead. Anyway, I sent you some Buzz Marketing coffee shop gifts. Wait, he doesn't say what they are? No. <sighs> there, I didn't really find there to be a Tasu Leech reference at all in the latest Star Wars film. No, I think he's just saying a moment that's memorable to say. Like Good that. to see you. Tasu Leech. Good to see you. Yeah, but actually Han Solo there is saying bad to see you. He doesn't want to see Tasu Leech at that moment. No, but it's just the way he says it. It's pleasantries. Yeah. All right. <laughs> there were some coffee gift certificates. Hey, by the way, have you paid your Conja Club dues? I'm behind. Oh. The juice is running, though. Okay. Yeah. It's five points a week. So Jeez. I got to get, What's out. I gotta get on this. I wasn't able to give this glorious podcast the time and attention it deserved. I stopped listening for a while. What the hell, Matthew? You calling to tell us that? It stretched into a longer while, and he ret- he intended on returning. Oh, well, this is nice. See? Earlier this year, I had a panic attack, and along with some medication, I felt the PSR courtside action song-belting brust-outs would be the perfect thing to ease me along in my recovery, and it has been. Lo and behold, I finally just finished the catalog in time for the Twitter mailbag call-out. Coincidence? I think the free throw scriptures foretold of it. Wow. 
seems like this podcast would give you a panic attack. I would think so, too. We're the uncut gems of podcasting. <laughs> Just wanted to say thanks and ask two small questions. What do you miss most about calling the courtside shrimps action? I miss a lot of things. I I just I don't know. I just feel at home with you, buddy, and with that team. Yeah, and it I miss I think it just it requires a weird thing of your brain. Yeah. That I don't get m- many other places. It's good to exercise. It can be dangerous to unlock too much. It can what say that be again? Be dangerous to unlock too much. Yeah. But it's good to exercise. Yeah. His second question is starting with the final Starting with the first post shrimps radio Tuesday, December twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. Could you recount what you have done on every single Tuesday up to the present? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, December twenty thirty first. The thirty first. I picked up a leaf. Yep. And then I guess let me get my calendar out. Here. And then the next Tuesday, I picked up a Nissan leaf. And then. That's you called me on the following Tuesday to ask if I could feed you soup as you had. Eviscerated a disc in your back. I mean, it was just yeah. You should not have lifted up a car. Yeah, I just took a a a Dremel tool to disc in my back. So that gets us to January sixteenth, twenty eighteen. That's the night I changed my name to Nephi. And then the twenty third, I changed it back. Okay, and then uh oh, I had a French dip sandwich on that day. Right on the twenty third. Then it was January thirtieth. Yeah. Then I had a a, a German. Uh-huh. And then on February 6th, 2018, Matt and I called a Pistol Shrimps radio game and just decided that nobody should ever hear it. And so... We didn't even we didn't, record it. We didn't put it out. Uh, the next week, I fought in the wars. Yeah. On the 13th of March, 2018, I shook hands with a specter. <laughs> The next week... This is the 20th of March, 2018. I made best friends with my shins. Yeah. I did not have a great time on the 27th of March, 2018, because I went to a funeral for a balloon. <sighs> and that's the same reason why the next week I got a lip transplant. That's the 6th of... That's the 6th of... Wait, where were we? I think we have to start over. Yeah, we should start over. 6th of March, 13th of March. Nothing really happened that day. I had... Oh, wait, 20... Yeah. I traded eyebrows with my wife. On the 27th of March, we had spirit rehearsal. That's right. And then... That's really true. I believe it. Yeah. I The next week, I drank a barrel of spirit gum. I'm looking at the wrong year here, Matt. Oh, shit. Because on the 3rd of April, 2018, we did Pistol Shrimps Radio. Huh. So he's talking about this past year. I'm not getting into that. It's too personal. Yeah, that's not too enough personal. time has gone by. Every Tuesday night I was out. I was a crime fighter. Most Tuesday nights, most every other Tuesday nights, I've just been out twanging. <laughs> Tuesday nights, I'm usually shopping at Tuesday mornings. <laughs> oh, Sarah Shea. This is a longtime listener. Hey, my boogies. Not sure if it's too late. But if it isn't, I have one question. Which do you miss most about doing Pistol Shrimps Radio? The monkey shines or the moon business? I would also like to confess that I run the Twitter account, Our Daily Shrimps, which I started because I re-listened to the episodes a lot. I needed a place to tweet things like, I 
I'd like to invite Weezer to go rub up a ditch. <laughs> oh, Cheers, Sarah Shea. I'm a monkey shines guy. I like moon business. What is moon business? Uh, it's just stuff you do at night out in the hmm. out in the wild. Okay. Aaron Gold. Oh, this guy asked how we're spending our Tuesdays. Just rewind, like, I don't know, a minute or two, and you'll... Well, he already knows. Yeah, you already heard it. Yeah. We answered your question before you asked it, Aaron Gold. Answered and asked. Aaron's from New York. Thanks for listening, Aaron. This is Madison. This'll, this is going to touch oh, your no. heart a little bit. Oh, no, I'm not... Not in a bad way, Matt. It's from Madison. Hi there. Happy end of the decade. My mom and I met you on that rooftop in D.C. when you were in town for the Spelling Bee. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being so nice. That was fun. My question, is it difficult for you to focus on the basketball game and your commentary and not distract the other spectators? How did people react when you first started doing the podcast? Because I definitely remember one episode where Matt was singing so loudly that people from the opposing team were staring. <laughs> Much love, my boogies, Madison in England. Why, I would say when why is f- that one going to touch my heart? Not that it wasn't nice. Because of that night on DC. There's oh, yeah. your nostalgia for you right oh, there. Yeah, that was sure. a fun night. We met a bunch of fans up on top of the Watergate Hotel. One night in DC and the giant has When we first in. started doing Pistol Shrimps Radio, we wore blazers. And 70s headphones. In, in an attempt to seem more legitimate. Yeah. And then I think it's a pretty casual league, and I don't know that anybody really cared. And no one could hear us unless we scream. Right. We're often a It's like, a lot like section. a quiet place, the movie. No one can hear you unless you... Wait. In Everyone can hear you. The monsters can hear you. In space, no one can hear you podcast. That's what I think it is. But yeah, I don't know that anybody really got mad. No. Or distracted. No, I don't think we... Ever. I think we made a point to not try to influence anything in the game it's not like we were screaming at opposing players so they'd miss their shots never though you did do that a lot i never did that i wouldn't this the subject of this email is i met mark once (laughs) this is from matt townsend i met mark at the detroit improv festival a few years back interrupted a conversation to introduce myself and feel bad about butting in hey don't feel bad it's totally fine. Do you ever carry something with you that you wish you could have apologized, but it happened long ago, so it doesn't make any sense to just like do that? But this is a nice opportunity to do that. Well, Matt Townsend, I forgive you. There's no harm, no foul. I don't, Matt. Anyway, Super Eagle got me started in improv, and Pistol Shrimps Radio is one of my favorite podcasts ever. Love Aww. you both. Good night. That's nice, Matt. He went to bed. <laughs> Sarah Nordmark, please A my cue. <laughs> Hey, Mark and Matt, this cue is coming all the way from Sweden, and it's a good one. Whoa. Literally tasty. Can I still send you stuff to your P.O. box? I've got some delicious Swedish coffee and candy I want to give you. Oh, man. All my love to my boogies from the deep cold north. Happy New Year, Sarah. You can still send things. Send them to me, Mark McConville, P.O. Box 41284, Los Angeles, California, 90041. I'll go to that post office box twice a year. <laughs> I don't know how often I actually will go and do it, but I, anytime I need to drop mail off, I check it. But if we, uh, if we know, if we, and if we ever get going, what we're thinking about getting going, yeah, we might, it'll probably it. involve that. Good. This is Jason Little, cue for the cast, looking back on a decade of shrimps. Well, five what, years. What year did we start? 2015. Oh. 2014? Uh, I think 2014. 2015. Yeah, somewhere around there. 
What are your top five all shrimp moments? Ooh. Ooh. Well, in no particular order, the spelling bee. Yeah, that's a, that's on my list. I got another one for you. Yeah. How about the documentary? Yeah, that was my shrimp's next documentary, Tribeca Film Festival thing. But was, just watching those girls in that documentary. I love that documentary, and oh. I don't know where you can get it. I know we do have an email coming that's like, where can I see it? And I... I think it's on iTunes. I think it is too, but I think someone had some trouble finding it. Just keep it's looking. It's worth watching. And Brett Hodge. Yeah. Hodgey? Hodgey. Hodgey Films is the is the company that put that thing together. So if you look for Hodgey Films on Twitter, I bet he'd I bet he'd hook you up if you were Yeah. If you were lost in the woods. The collective times that my wife has made baskets. Oh, the first time she made a basket? Yeah. Killer. What a moment. How about them winning the whole thing? That that like the the documentary season? Yeah. Yeah, that I kind of put that those together. That season and the documentary yeah. for me are two different yeah. things in a way. Um I liked any time the other team had heard the podcast and would be like, "Are you going to talk shit about us tonight?" like yeah. when they get a little feisty. Yeah. I sort of I liked a little spice. That blacksmith video that that guy oh, made man. and all the blacksmith things. Yeah. That I think nice. he's in here too. Oh. I think he's in the mix. And then the the email from two episodes ago from Dustin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of moments, and I know if I sat and thought for even two more minutes, I'd come up with ten. But the team in general, yeah, is the big number one. We're just the periphery on this thing. And this this is maybe for me, uh, uh, one of them, which is my parents listen to this. Now I don't. I'm not sure that they... I know my dad is a Super Ego fan. I'm not sure that my mom is. But this show, they would... I would talk to my mom on the phone and she would mention a thing from the podcast <laughs> and it would, I would always forget that she listened, but she, she's a genuine fan of the show. <laughs> Though she did think for a while that we were just putting basketball sounds under our conversation. A lot of people did. That is not the case. We were at these games. Or if we, if we didn't... There would be basketball sounds under this. Yeah. That's how you know this is real. Chris Jurgens wants to know, how many cookies did the monster under your bed steal when no one was home? Mine stole lots. I don't think I had. Uh, I was never a monster under the bed kid. Well, I, was I think a the question in the there is, how kid. many cookies did you take? Yeah, Chris, I think we know the answer I to that. ate a lot of Otter Pops in a row, and I would go back in to get a new one and throw the empty otter pop tube behind cookie jar and one day my stepdad there were horrible ants found it and oh. there were like hundreds of these wrappers behind this little area on the counter and i got in so much trouble i think once i my youngest brother came home and he wanted we, we had a toaster oven mm. and Must i have was been nice yeah well wait till you hear this we I was sort of the caretaker of my younger brothers in my high school years. I was just like, my parents wouldn't get home. There was probably an hour before my, someone got home from work or mm -hmm. whatever. So we would always make a snack when we got home. And one day my youngest brother beat everyone home. And like we had a little key hidden and he let himself in and he tried to make just sort of a toasted cheese sandwich, but he just put a plastic plate and bread and cheese <laughs> in, in the toaster oven. But he it, put bread plate cheese. That's right. <laughs> and it just melted the whole thing, and we had to replace the toaster oven. And I remember being like, you're dead. Mom and dad are going to 
they're going to ship you to another country. The they're going to be so mad that you broke the toaster oven. And then, of course, it was just like, oh, we needed a new one anyway. Like, there's wow. zero consequence that I remember. Hey, you're a big otter guy. Do you like otter pops for that reason? I actually don't know that I do like an otter pop. Are those not Midwest, East Coast No, things? I remember otter pops. I just find them to be too... I don't really love a a synthesized fake fruit flavor. Even if it's named Louis Blue Raspberry? Or Alexander the Grape? Alexander the Grape. I guess Sir Isaac Lime? Of the fake fruit flavors, I would say lime and orange are there. So Sir Isaac Lime, Little Orphan Orange. Uh Uh-huh. Strawberry Shortcake. That's... Is there actual cake in that one? Yeah. There's just soggy-ass cake. Wait. Chris Jurgens already wrote in. This is the second question from him. How many Downeaster Alexas does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Now you're just getting smart. Yeah, that's not. We're skipping that one. No, I'll answer. It's a fair question. How many? 18. Hi, hey, Bugs. Jeff from Vancouver here. What's the best flavor of Sour Patch Kids, and why is it red? The Couve. I like them watermelon Sour Patch Kids. Excuse me. But not anymore. Kids. Well, I, I you had kid overload. I did, but thing. those I'll still get occasionally at the movies, though. Not now. I'm off added sugars. F- yeah, for now. This guy's name is Thomas Hall, and he writes in Cod Past. My oh, dearest I- boogies, I started listening late in the game, right before the end of the regular broadcast. I was immediately hooked, and now spend most of my days spoonerizing the heck out of everything. Sorry. I'm a lawyer, so some of my faves <laughs> are Cabius Horpus. <laughs> Jummery Sudgment and Hortkaus. <laughs> anyway, my wife and I were watching Frasier when Gene Triplehorn appeared on the screen. I immediately called her Khaki Double Flute. Not sure if that's an original one or if I heard it on the pod. You heard it on the pod. For sure. Any other good celebrity opposites? Pat Sajak, more like Punch Mute Jill. And Sat Pajak right on the toilet until he did his business. And then he gave himself a quarter because he's a payjack after all. <laughs> Go screw yeah, I have a, Tom Hall. I now have a going list of celebrity opposite names. Yeah, you keep a lot of them. And those, it's, don't you? it's extensive because I want to do some drawings. I have this idea for this little art project or something, but yeah. Like Harrison Ford is. Baldy daughter Chevy? Yes. Something like that. <laughs> Scott wait, McKinnon. Wait. Let me just give you a couple. Of okay, yeah, go ahead. I'll read. Let I'll me, read through this. Okay, I have a list on my phone. It's called. Um, hold on. Oh no! Wait. Keep talking. Is your phone on fire? <laughs> yeah. I'll read this email in the meantime, and then you can answer this email with that list. Okay. Scott McKinnon wants to know any chance of more Super Ego Cinema episodes on the way. <sighs> Um, I have an idea for a live version of that that yeah, I want to talk to the Alamo Draft House about. We've been working up some new Super Ego business for 2020, so that might be in the cards. Yeah. Number two, what? Mike and Tom Eat Snacks was a 100-episode podcast where Michael Ian Black and Tom Cavanaugh B-said for a little bit. Oh, BS'd for a little bit, then got down to picking, eating, and rating snacks. Hear me out. During your pistol shrimp run, if you take out calling the basketball action, you're really left with two comedians BSing and stuffing food down their gourds for 45 minutes. 
If you two got another podcast together, consider picking up the Snack Podcast Torch or don't. Don't let me tell you how to do your Saturday night. Thanks, Scott. Hmm. All right. You want to hear a couple of these? Of course I do. Ice Ice Baby versus Fire Fire Grown Up. <laughs> Taylor Swift versus Clothing Client Slow. <laughs> Professor Moriarty versus Student Lessy Feckless. That one's dumb. Mini Driver versus Maxi Passenger. <laughs> and then finally, Happy Gilmore versus Sad Lungless. Uh, all right. Wait, one more. Audrey Hepburn versus Even Wet Square Freeze. This is Scott Burnett coming to us from Toronto, Ontario. Love you both. Missed the podcast. I think I've listened to the full run about four times. Four seems to be the the cap. Nobody's ever made it past four. I'm about to start my fifth in the new year. This is his goal anyway. Fits of public laughter, usually on a bus on my way to work. Give me ample opportunity to let inquiring strangers know about the good word of these, our pistol shrimps, the podcast of which remains my favorite to this day. This year I got engaged, proposed to proposed to by my boyfriend jonah and i wanted to shout it out from the rooftops and thought what better way than to have my two favorite play-by-play boys give us their blessing jonah scott it was in estesiles twenty nine fourteen when the great god of sun times tyrannus said shake everyone's hand in a glorious sh- sharing of wisdom Eldron the bloodbag unearthed the ball of blessing from the Kitchfields and said to the people of Nazmeth, We shall bless Jonah and Scott, for they are the chosen loved ones, and we shall arrive at their wedding early and on time. Because if you're not early, you're late, Clark. And so everybody in the village picked up a curved stick and banged it about the buildings and wells making water spew from the grounds and dust to puff up, causing a sort of glittery effect in the air and a celebration of love and bonding. Until Kilbon the Ogrelon invented the boomerang but never threw it. Scott Joda, way to go. We do bless you and congratulations. This is good. Me and Chubby Candace pulling otter slats at Buford's Ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Chubby Cannis pulling otter slats at Buford's Ditch. Andrew Bum-bum. Root. That's a familiar name. If one yeah. were to seriously pursue a career as a professional Pistol Shrimps radio-style commentator, what would the curriculum look like? Thanks for the years of hilarious mush. I think you got to drive around listening to Billy Joel circa drive, 80 night. you got to drive home for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you got to watch all of Mask. And Robotech and sing every Minmay song. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good. You got to go to Menards. <laughs> At least once or twice. Um, you got to live for eight years on a diet of Sour Patch Kids and um, male-scent milk. Not, <laughs> that's a not top... like man-scented milk. Yeah. Like milk that's been sent, sent in the mail. In the mail. Yeah. Here's quick ones. What's your favorite running gag for Pistol Trips Radio? Might be Cloris Leachman. I think 
free throw scriptures, scriptures is ridiculous. Was there an early one that we stopped doing? We did like free throw confessions. Oh, yeah. Way back is the sock report. I sort of missed oh, the sock right. report because it gave me a chance to take a breather. Right. Whatever happened to Jensen? He's, He's just now, doing you know, do you remember guy. Los Angeles is Kevin and Bean? Yeah. He's now essentially Bean. Oh. Because Bean retired, but Kevin didn't, and now he's on morning radio. Wow. Morning rock radio. Oh, my God. Check him out. Okay. What's favorite gift you receive from a listener? Probably one of two Bulldogs. Yeah, just the one, though. What's your favorite PSR special? Spelling bee, mini golf, white elephant? It's got to be a spelling bee. That was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. <laughs> Thanks for all the great listening through the years. McClunky is this question from Jordan Lucas. Do you know about this? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it. I think it's just, it affects Maboogie, McClunky. You know, it's in that same family. Yeah. For a while, you. This I, is what Greedo says yeah. now, inexplicably, when, right, right before or when he shoots on. I haven't seen it. Hang on. My computer just sent me. Um, the New York Times spicy white bean stew from creator of the stew. Are we having quick bean salad? <laughs> Slow bean salad. Three paper corn. <laughs> this is all super ego business. Joe Smith wants to know, as hot sauces go, what would you say is superior hot sauce and why is it Tapatio? I'm not a hot sauce guy, so I defer to you, Mark. I do like... Um, I, I know some cold sauces I what's like. The, what's the one that's called cholera or something like that? No, that's <laughs> Chalupa? not... That Chalu, Chalula? Chalula. I like a Chalula yeah. hot sauce. I don't like a Tabasco. I do a buffalo, maybe, a little buffalo sauce. Hmm. Really, they're all... I like Tapatio just fine. Okay. Yeah. What are some of your fo- favorite cold sauces? Mm, I guess... Herman's? Salsa Verde, Pico de Gallo. Do you like Herman's cold sauce? What? Herman's cold sauce. You haven't had it? No. Oh, I guess um, Norovirus, SARS. We got... This is Sean the Blacksmith writing in. Oh. He wants to know, will there be a new incarnation of the show? We have covered that. What off-air memories related to the show stand out on you? What what? What off... What off-air memories related to the show stand out to you? Hmm. None. I guess none. Because we sat here for five seconds in silence, so none of them. Well, usually the ride homes after the ride game homes fun. were pretty fun because we kind of still in that mode. And we oh often God. put on the radio A what thing, we've yeah. been talking about. That's right. Yeah. That's the first time I think I heard 29 Palms in maybe 20 years. You got to hear that. Every 29 years. Uh, how many gift cards and Sour Patch Kids do you have left? I do have an envelope full of gift cards. Wow. And I don't have any Sour Patch Kids left. Uh, I know you never got a full-size anvil, so what package was the biggest pain in the ass to deal with? The almost full-size anvil? Well, the person brought an anvil then when I wasn't there. That was a pretty good memory. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks for your podcast and other work this year. The new Forgotten Classics were fantastic. The Mittens game commentary was a wonderful surprise. A little hello from the Magic Tavern shout mm. out there. Oh, yeah. Mark's Bridge Builder Skin Magazine collector made it hard to explain why I was giggling so much. Oh, I did a... You ought to do this one. My neighbors are dead. 
Oh yeah, if you don't know that show. I do know that show. Yeah, I did an episode of that where I played the guy who built the bridge in Evil Dead Two. Oh wow! And then in the film, the bridge gets destroyed, but the guy who built it can't believe that that happened. Go check out My Neighbors Are Dead. All right. Uh, oh boy. John Cortez. Hi, Matt and Mark. In addition to your top-notch sports casting chops, I know you both possess some talent in the field of music. How about working up a Dire Straits cover? Even if it's just a verse and a chorus, you could slap up on Instagram for old times' sake. Well, hold right there. Oh, Matt's over on the computer dialing up some sort of something. Matt Berkey wants to know, will basketball be played in the future? It's being played now, currently. I'm trying to answer some questions while Matt's here. End of decade. What Evan Selinsky wants to know, what perky uplifting advice do you have for uh, those of us who suspect it's more like end times? Um, I got some advice. Here come Johnny singing oldies, goldies. I got headphones on. I can't hear the thing. Here come Johnny singing oldies, goldies. Be Bapalula, baby, what I say. Here come Johnny singing, I got a woman down in the tunnels trying to make it pay. He got the action, he got the motion. Yeah, the boy can play. Dedication. Devotion turning on the nighttime into the day. Do the song about the sweet loving woman. The song about the switchblade knife. You do the walk. You do the walk of life. Yeah, we do the walk of life. There you Suck go, it, Evan. Dire Straits. <laughs> we took your song and improved. <laughs> Jenna Yamada, no question. Oh. Just wanted to say thanks and thanks again for the years of Pistol Shrimps Radio and all the fun that came along with it. You guys are the greatest. Jenna's been a long time listener, probably from the Super Ego days. Would you say she's a first time caller? First time. She is looking forward to the new Super Ego next month. Oh, I love Jenna. Jenna? She always brings cookies. You know what? Jenna did something very sweet, and she said, my friend has LA Kings tickets, and if you want to go to a game, it would be my treat. And she, boy, did that deliver. We were There were great seats oh. for a fun game, even though she's a fan of an s- inferior hockey team. Ooh. Fots Shired. <laughs> Fots Shired, indeed. How are we doing, Matt? Only 35 emails to go. <laughs> do we finish this out, or we do another episode? I'm, we might have to do another episode. Well, well, I can't say that I'm not enjoying these. They are fun to do, but the more we do that, the more people are going to write in. And, and we might then have, that's our new that's podcast. How the podcast just gets. That's up to you, people. Son of a bitch. All right. Look, what? Seth Rawson wants to know this is a question for Matt. I've seen an old interview where you were wearing a Mighty Boosh t shirt. What's your favorite episode of the oh, Mighty Boosh? And has that show influenced your comedy? Thank you, too, for making me chuckle all these years. Sincerely, Seth, a I, fan. I haven't watched it in a while, but I've been wanting to go back because we've been watching the British Bake Off and Noel Fielding. Is a yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And I love the Mighty Boosh so, so much. And I just, there's, every episode's my favorite, but some that stick out is in the third season, that crack fox. <laughs> <laughs> 
know, everything's so brilliant. Nanageddon, uh, I don't know. I just love those two. And that, I watched that a lot in the formative years of Super Ego, like right when we started recording Super Ego. Little Britain and Mighty Boosh. Oh, Little Britain. And The Office. I was just watching a lot of that. And then Jeremy would come over and we'd watch him. And that's how Sofa Bed Foundation started because my TV was in my bedroom. My bedroom was bigger than my living room. Well, you had a strange apartment. Yeah. I mean, in a good way. This pl- this place, I wish I still lived there. Uh, <laughs> it was 50 feet from the water, from the ocean. Down in Long Beach. Yeah. In this beautiful little bay. And it was like a back house of... A, but it wasn't separate. It was the upstairs of a house. But the living room was stone walls with I, a stone hearth and, and log cabin walls. I think you mean the living loom. The, the living room, but my TV was in the bedroom because it's the only way you. Could, it's the only place you could put it. Yeah, unless you had it just like on the ground. But it meant there was no way for like anyone to assemble and really watch TV. It was unless not a great we place to come watch it in the bed together. Right. So I had this really light fold-out couch, and we would just plop that up on top of the bed. When and you say sit couch, the, it was just it was a wide. It was a chair. love seat. It was a, yeah. Yeah, but it was so light and easy to pick up, and we would just plop that on my bed. On t- and this was not a like short bed. It no. It was probably three feet tall. You have one of them tall beds. And we would sit on that couch, which was so soft that you would naturally slink in towards the center, and you couldn't help but just be like leaning on each other. And there we were watching that, and you're the hunter from the future, <laughs> and too young, never too young to die. Those were heady times. Uh, I find it, when you say about the, the, the influence, it's hard for me to watch comedy sometimes because I don't, I don't want to copy anyone. And I think you and I are simpatico on that, of not really wanting to do stuff that other people are doing. But I also feel like maybe if I don't see it, I have, I have at least some sort of strand of honor left that I didn't yeah. rip anybody off. I haven't enjoyed comedy like that since. Yeah, I feel like I started watching Letterkenny, and I'm enjoying that. I've watched a, a bit of that. I liked it. It made me. It did make me laugh out loud a few times, just because I feel like they don't care how much time they take up doing a dumb thing. <laughs> I there think doesn't seem to be a lot of pressure from some executive telling them, "Oh, you got to tighten this nice. up." Yeah, <laughs> I think. The two times I've been tricked into comedy and didn't know it, I really enjoyed it. Like Killing Eve and Succession. Yeah. Never thinking they were comedies. And they, you know, like... Maybe that would help fairly me. Fairly are. That would help me with Killing Eve, because that kind of fell off for me a little bit. I haven't watched the second season. Though. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay. Oh, and I watched Fleabag. I like that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not like there's not any comedy out there. I just saw Knives Out and thought it was yeah, fantastic. I really like that. I don't know that it was laugh out loud funny or intended to be a comedy. No, but but. it's so successful in what it is. Yeah. Yeah, That was fun. Um, There's another question. Should we... What time you got on there? We're at 111. Maybe we should do one more question and then... Well, I want to end on a good one. I don't know if this is good or not. Okay, well, we'll go till we get a good question. You got it. This is from Flipperific. This is the one. Mega fan. Yeah. 
You probably you're probably both annoyed at seeing my handle because it probably reminds me of all the dumb crap I comment on your Instagram and Twitter. No, come on. Mm-mm. Either way, I'm your biggest ish fan, and the only question I have for you is: Would it be possible to do a pistol shrimps slash super ego style commentary on an actual sports game other than a pistol shrimps game? I would love to see your particular brand of humor on, say, an NFL game or something. Probably a horrible idea, just like all of my dumb comments on your socials, but I love you both, and Mary, dear God help us, new decade. From David O. Does that mean, like, as it's on TV or we go to, like, a Clippers game? Would they let us come in with those microphones? No, they would not. They wouldn't? No. No, they're checking you at the door. You can't bring that stuff in there. And I don't think we could do... We've talked about that before because people have said... I would just like to hear you guys talk. And I know there's, you know, there's uh, sometimes mega sports fans will have the national, sorry, they'll have the national broadcast of their game, but they like the local radio guys. So they'll mute the TV and put on mm. the radio. You know, some guys do play by play a little different. We could do that. So I guess we could do that, but, but then we we'd just have don't have to- the connection to them. Right. Like I have you would- no emotional connection to that nonsense. But I'm saying you would be doing. The only, the only way I can think to do it is to broadcast it on an Instagram feed. You're going to have a delay. Oh, right. I don't think there's any way for us to legitimately broadcast a legitimate sports match unless the team said. Well, if it was on Instagram, it would be live. I guess, yeah, you'd be hearing us, but we'd be filming the game. No, we. Uh, I'm guess. imagining this as yeah. you're watching Fox's coverage yeah. of a sporting event. And then but you put on our audio. But how do we know that they're listening at the same time? I feel like the timing would be off. Maybe. And it would be heavily illegal. Well, we don't have to broadcast use, the game. Right. You'd Yes, that's right. So it'd be our audio. But what game? Like, I couldn't just do basketball. No. It would have to be... That's maybe why Pistol Shrimp's radio was so good, because we picked this team to get involved and emotionally invested in. Yeah. We met the players and hung out with them and right. went and had a drink after the game and we've been to some weddings. That's right. For crying out loud. Such a supportive team. Gosh. My own. That's right. That's right. Um this is Cody Goss. Just wondering if you still have the Yoda stocking I gave Matt and the Ren and Stimpy comic I gave Mark years ago. I'm sure it's in that storage tub. I'm telling you, everything that ever got sent, I just put it in this storage tub and put it in storage. I never get any of these things. That is not true. After every game, I'm like, here, do Not only want? do I not get any one of these things, after every episode we record here at my house, he takes one thing from my office. Well, that, you told me to do that. This is from New Zealand. Maybe this is our final The whole question. country? Yeah. Hi from the other side of the world. I'm on my 10th listen through the whole series. Oh, come on. There's less to do in New Zealand, maybe. But there's still the same amount of podcasts. While I'm now clinically insane, (laughs) I do find your shrimp calling to be a smooth ear layup swish that mementos me within 20 minutes of listening. I'm struggling to think of a genuine question to ask, but how about what's Mark's favorite line in Down Easter Alexa? Uh, Probably (laughs) I-I-I-O. That'd be my, that's probably it. How many sugar-free Sour Patch Kids would Matt eat in one shitting slash sitting? <laughs> Maybe none ever again for Never Matty. again. Yeah. Never again. If the shrimps make another final, will you be there to call it? We did, you and I have talked a little bit casually about 
maybe just doing a game popping in here and there. Could yeah. They're they're in between seasons right now. What would the nickname? What would the shrimps nickname you, gentlemen? Like, what would they call us? I don't know. Hey, you. I think we were just Matt and Mark. Yeah. Because that name's so alliterative. Um, that's all, I guess. <laughs> love all the work you guys do, and of course, you love you as people, Rory. All right. I I have a I have an idea, Matt, because yeah. this just dawned on me, and I'm going to post it on our Instagram and our Twitter. But we'll end on this. Oh, right. So a did while, you bring me one? Of I did bring you oh. one. Yes. Yeah. So a while back, Brian and Matthew and the everybody at Field Notes they make these little pocket notebooks. Um, they're in Chicago. It's such a cool little company. I'm such a fan. I was a fan long before the podcast, and then they sent us a big box of stuff, and we're doing buzz marketing. Alleged, you know how that works. Give so, me mine. What? Uh, it's in my bag. Hold on. I know it's here somewhere. Can I just say this stuff and then you can have it? Yeah. All right. So I went and visited the Field Notes office because I was in Chicago for some comedy stuff. And they, I let them know I was coming. And I said, I would like to come and buy some things. And they said, we'll give you a tour. And we went and had hamburgers at this heavy metal burger bar, which oh. was amazing. Grill them all? And we talked about fonts. No, it's Chicago. It's called, I think it's called Kumo's, something like that. Hmm. I believe I had like an anthrax burger. Hmm. They made us these Pistol Shrimps Edition notebooks. And if you're familiar with the Field Notes notebooks, you know that they're very plain. It's just like brown paper, but they do a lot of different designs. You can fill in your name in the front cover, the date you start the notebook and the date you end it. And you can write in the event of misplacement, write me at this email address. You can write in your phone number. Matt, do you remember drawing this at the Shrimp Spelling Bee? Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a little, Matt drew a little Shrimps plus B image in the front of my book when we started doing this i started this notebook at the spelling bee so this was probably three two or three years ago and what do you use it for i just do no like if i have errands to run i'll make a to-do list and i keep this with me or i'll just jot down ideas i like to use paper if i can but i also you know i for the for the climate yeah i love to get rid of trees yeah but in the back of this thing they have this little list of practical applications and I've been using pistol shrimps notebooks now for a couple of years and I never noticed this in the back. This is why I want to, my version. Cause I want to read along. Oh, you want to read along? Well, I don't know where I put it. I know I have it. I can bring up the text you just sent me. Oh yeah. Do that. So they have a list of practical applications for this book customized for the pistol shrimps. I'm so embarrassed that I didn't notice it until now. They're amazing. So you want to just rattle them down? Well, yeah. Should we read the the uh, little introduction they have there? Please do. Field notes. Our story, inspired by the vanishing subgenre of agricultural memo books, ornate pocket ledgers, and the simple, unassuming beauty of a well-crafted grocery list, the Drapeland Design Company, Portland, Oregon, in conjunction conjunction with Coodle. I believe it's Coodle. Coodle Partners, Chicago, Illinois, brings you field notes in hopes of offering an honest memo book worth filling up with good information. Did you say Illinois? I don't know. Did I? I don't know. Anyway, here are the practical applications for this specific notebook. Trade-off? Yeah, you want one or you want two? Uh, You could go first. All right. Sports platitudes. Head drawing ideas. Guest hosts. 
Direst straits. Sexy refs. Current score guesses. Funny, funnest buns. <laughs> Sock reports. Boar's gullet it. <laughs> Boar gullet. We know the truth. Leachman's Chlorist. American Basketball Points. Bond Film References. Bare Naked Ladies Memories. Free Throw Secrets. Weird Mall Kids. Now the next one is a chain, so yeah. we'll just do it together. A Place for Matt. To Draw Things. Rather than on... Mark's Goddamn Head. <laughs> kids Consumed. Film Ideas. Pan Pacific Parking Tips. <laughs> Weldon's Macked. Starting lineups. Dance moves. Mike cable reminders. Keeping my boogies straight. Mini golf scores. Alexa's down eastered. And excessive spoonerisms. Oh boy, that just hit me so hard when I found that little treasure at the end of these notebooks. To all y'all boogies at Field Notes, man, that was really a delight. We and, really appreciate that. And what a distillation of the show. Yeah. Just perfect. Real quick, I'm looking at the text that you sent me of that. And then today, <clears throat> you sent me, speaking of companies doing something related to us what did i send you you sent me um modern times beer (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a little beer little brewery out of san diego but they're coming up the west coast i like their stuff yeah me too but they have a new beer what's it called matt ochio malochio did you name it it sounds like I did, but actually I'm looking at the CCH and I think in Italian that's Occhio Malocchio. Either way. But still, Occhio Malocchio sure sounds like a person who would host a stunt show in a sure does. sketch. That makes me feel even more connected to this beer because I already love their can designs. We're going to have to get some of that beer and sit down with some of these notebooks and just write stuff down. We, we did a tile pattern in our house sort of based on the modern times beer that's which itself is based on like a 70s yeah i met draplin too going back to field notes he was here in la a while back and he is just the goofiest greatest designer dude check out his stuff yeah look i think that's a good as good as good a place as any to end it send in your questions pistol shrimp radio gmail.com you can send stuff to the p.o box P.O. Box 41284, Los Angeles, California, 90041. Put my name on it. Don't put Pistol Shrimps, because I guess they don't like that. And Mm. I I didn't. I think to get that on there, I had to prove it was a business, which I'm not going to do. I'm I'm not doing that. Um, Where can we be seen, Matt? We got new Super Ego coming. On Wednesday the 8th. uh, Very excited about this season. A lot of new stuff. Yeah. And But at the same time, it's feeling stylistically like some of the older stuff we put an episode together today and poor you who edits all of it boy you you've heard it all 50 times a hundred times but i've heard them all now a few times and i they still make me laugh there's moments in there that just kill me get them those will be on stitcher premium use promo code superego on wednesday the 8th and then six months, they'll be out free. That's right. Yeah. Then in January here, we're going to be at SF Sketch Fest at 1 p.m. at Marines Memorial Theater on the 18th, which I believe is a Saturday. That's right. Yep. And then I'll be doing fake TED Talks that night at 7.30 at, and 10.30. I'll be at Thrilling Adventure Hour. They do this thing in this venue that I can't wait to see. It's got a bunch of secret rooms in it and stuff. Oh, my gosh. And There's then- like a stand-up venue for three people. <laughs> <laughs> but that I yeah, you can go to sfsketchfest.com for more information about those shows. Then James Bonding the next day. Yep. 
Um, then on the 20th, we fly up to Portland for our show on the 21st at the Alberta Rose Theater. If you're in Portland, Oregon, please come to the show. We've never done a show in Portland before. I'm just remembering there's an Eric Clapton song, a cover. Alberta, Alberta, <laughs> where you been so long? Ain't had no lovin' since you've been gone. Check our Twitter. Wait, is that the same one? That, is that Eric Clapton? Yeah. Or is that well, a yodeler? A, it's, <laughs> <laughs> is that the same one? That's not the same one. Is Oh, it's been so far, girl, just to get my ham bone boiled. We were so close to being done. <laughs> That's an expression I got to use more. Get your ham bone boiled? For making love. Oh, yeah. What's it going to take to get my ham bone boiled? Whose ham bone do I have to boil to get a table around here? Well, if you come up to Portland, Oregon, I can't promise you're going to get your ham bone boiled, but we will have a good time doing some live comedy at the Alberta Rose Theater. That's a Tuesday night, so hire your babysitter. Alberta, Alberta, where you been so long? Stay tuned for part three of this thing, too. Ain't had no loving since you've been gone. Dum-da-dum-da-dum-dum.